Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. I know it's only March 24th, but let's pretend that some random act of nature impacted the NFL and they couldn't play the season in September. They got to start tomorrow. It's the March season 25th. starts March well, 25th. Well, actually, actually 24th because technically today's Thursday. Leagues always start on a Thursday. Oh, you're right. We have a game tonight. The Steelers hey, have a game tonight, tonight. Hey. baby. Got to love that. Who would be the starting 11 on the defense? Who would be the starting 11 on the Ooh. offense as it stands right now for your Pittsburgh Steelers? Let's let's chop that up a bit. Let's get into it. I'm sure you can assume who they're going to be, but let's start putting some names to positions and, and talk about where they might be better, where they might be worse, where they might be stuck in neutral, or where they still might need to add a couple pieces to. And I think we should start on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's right. The quarterback position's tough, I guess, I, I do ask an answered podcast with Labs every Wednesday. We tape it up, so check that out at wherever you get your podcasts. But he's not ever ready to say Mitch Trubisky's the starter. Like, interesting. We get questions all the time, like, "Oh, I'm sure Mitch Trubisky's going to be the starter now because you know we made that signing, and that just seems right. like the every time we get a question like that, Labs is always like, "Well, I want to be clear that." He's not the starter right now. Mm. There's going to be a battle, and we don't know if it's going to be Mason, if it's going to be Mitch, if it's going to be someone who's not even on the roster right now. So there is still, I guess, some question about who the starter is going to be. If we were playing a game tonight, though, I'd put Mitch out there. He'd be my starter. Number 10 would be my guy. But I'm curious as as to hear why Lab says that, because basically everywhere else you go to for your Steelers inside info— Seems like everyone's saying Mitch is the guy. I just think Labs knows how the Steelers work more than anybody, mm-hmm. and he knows that he also isn't the kind of guy that will just speculate and say that this is going to happen without you know the coach actually saying. It. Like he's more of a wait and see kind of, and they're not going to name the starter mm-hmm. now. It, it's not like Russell Wilson in Denver where you have this press conference and he's their starting quarterback. Like it'll happen in the middle of camp somewhere. Probably after the first or second preseason game. Uh, they'll probably have an idea who's going to start the first preseason game. Probably have Trubisky play the first quarter, then have Mason play the second. And then they'll go into the next camp practice, and Tomlin will say Mitch has won the starting job and will play the first half of the second preseason game. Because there's only three now, remember. So. Right. Unless the Steelers do the Steelers thing and they get all the specialty games last year and they <laughs> end up getting four. I don't think that's going to happen. So, uh, anyway, I would put Mitch as my starting quarterback as it stands right now. Uh, I I think that he has more pedigree than Mason. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Mason. And in his brief respite as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he's put up numbers that aren't terrible. He's put He has 64 touchdown passes and eight more rushing touchdowns in his time as a starter. Now, he's thrown over 35 interceptions, so that's the big problem. He throws too many picks, but, like, as I was talking to Labs about this yesterday, uh, seventy plus total touchdowns sure. is pretty good as a starter. Like that's not like you're just not making plays. Like he's at least making some plays happen, putting some points on the board. And by the way, he's twenty nine and twenty one as well. So he's won some football games, been through the playoffs, won his division before. So uh, there's just a higher ceiling and kind of a, a better track record already than Mason to not have me plant him in March 24th Thursday night football game as the Steelers starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. No, I, I understand where Labs is coming from, but 
given everything that you just laid out, Tom, all those numbers to me are, are far more favorable than what Mason Rudolph can do, or, or at least has done so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't... The touchdown numbers are what really jumps out to me. 64% completion percentage for Mitch eh, needs to be a lot better in today's NFL. The 35-plus interceptions, that you can't do that in today's no, you NFL. Can't. The no, game has completely changed. You can't turn the ball over as much as you, you were able to back at that quarterback position. But the 29-21 and 21 record and the 70-plus touchdowns either through the air or on the ground very encouraging stuff. I have a question. Very encouraging. I have a question. As we'll we'll unfold, we'll or we'll get to the rest of the offense here. So we'll we could touch on it at the end. But do you think this is the best team offensively Mitch Trubisky has had in his career? I'm not including Buffalo because that was a he great wasn't team. Starter he wasn't there, starting yeah. there. They had a pretty decent team when they went 12 and 4 and won the division. Robinson was really good. Alshon Jeffrey was still right. really good. Um, he wasn't. Are you sure? He I think wasn't he was on, on the Bears Philly. for the last. I think time he was there. on Philly at that time. They had actually. another good receiver though. Chicago did, and then David Montgomery, right, was the running back. No, not yet. Who was the running back? I on that think team, though? not. It wasn't Matt. Forte. Since you asked the question, why don't you bring up all the answers then? Was it Tariq Cohen? Couldn't have been the only guy there. If this turns out that I'm right about all these players and you're going to make me look Jordan like Howard face. He was, was the good. Running back. He was a good running yeah, back. Yeah, it was Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, the wide receivers at the time. Anthony Miller is the guy you were thinking of. So they Anthony had good Miller, players. Allen Robinson, Kevin White. Now Kevin White sucks. Well, WVU guy. No, he it sucks. doesn't matter. Yeah. He never played anyway, anything around <laughs> uh, The tight ends at the time were Trey Burton. So, really? yes. The answer yeah, is yes. Yeah, this is sure. the best offense he's ever been around with Najee and Deontay and Chase now and he Pat Firemuth. So, the one thing you could say is he had two Pro Bowl offensive linemen in front of him that year. Don't know if you're going to see two Pro Bowlers from the Steelers make it on the offensive line roster for the AFC side of things. In 2023, that could be the only argument you can make to say that that team was better. Okay, then he I'll also s- made the Pro Bowl that year. He I'll was sim- good enough to make the Pro Bowl. Himself. Then I'll simplify it and say, skill position wise, yes, he's never had better skill no, position players a- across the entire receiver, running back, tight end board. And the receiving core is pretty weak as far as the Steelers are concerned right now. But I think the top two dogs are better than the top two dogs he had in that year in mm-hmm. Chicago. And I think the one Najee Harris is far better than the combination of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Now, he did get to the playoffs with David Montgomery as a wild card in his last year in Chicago. Okay. But that they lost and four to the year. Saints, and they weren't a good team. They were 8-8 were they they eight, eight, eight and 8 Yeah, they, they backed their way in, into right? that yeah, one. Yeah, so that was a little bit different from the 12-4 and four Mitch Trubisky season, I believe his second year in the NFL when he took them to uh, – the playoffs and lost in the double doink to Alshon Jeffrey and the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's probably go. where my go. mind was getting crossed up. Running back room, Najee Harris, Najee Harris, Najee Harris. Give him 40 carries a game if you want to. At least that's what it looks like it's going to be right now because they don't have anybody else. I right. think they're going to go into this season with Benny Snell as their backup running back, and I think that's a mistake. But we're talking the starting 11 right now, and – I don't think there's anywhere in this offense that gets easier to pick than the if running somehow, some way, God forbid, number twenty-two is not starting. He's injured. That's he's what. That, that's that, that's he's, he's say, injured, God forbid. Like, yeah. 
that that changes the entire dynamic of this offense. I though. agree. I think that this is the Najee Harris show next year. I think right. he's I mean, going you can take to away... get more touches than any running back in the NFL. You Tom Offerman prediction in March, right? You there. could take away any of the receivers. I mean, obviously Gunner, but Claypool, Deontay, Washington. You could take away any of the tight ends, Fryermuth, Gentry, Raider. You could switch out uh Mitch for Mason or even Dwayne Haskins. If you remove Najee Harris from the equation, this offense is completely different. Operates at a completely lesser level. 100%. Like I I will say it again so you can hear me folks. March 24th bold prediction of the season. Total touches. Najee Harris leads the league. Carries. I think Najee Harris is going to lead the NFL. Not because he's already going to be the best running back, although he might be. Right up there. It's hard to catch the king, though. It's just really hard to catch the king. Right. But because he's amazing, top five talent-wise, and I can't think of an offense that is going to be more solely relied on their running back than the Steelers. And I know I'm saying that with Tennessee being out there, but Tennessee has A.J. Brown. Like, they have another legitimate stud that they can go to. And you kind of saw when... Henry and Brown were down. They had nothing. But when Brown came back, you saw the Titans start to win some more Mm. games down the stretch because at least they had one of their weapons back. So I don't see a receiver on the Steelers that has the level of an A.J. Brown right now, which makes me think that, yeah, the Titans are basically all Henry, or at least that's what people think of. Steelers are going to be more all Harris than the Titans are all Henry this year. I I think if they want to be successful, that's the way they got to go. And I think the problem with that is I think – Derrick Henry, based off of his physical size, and Derrick Henry gets hurt because he gets used. Well, a lot. I'm, I'm like, just saying he could take on those carries more than Henry. That's what I'm Harris saying. Can, like, yeah. he still gets hurt despite right. being in. He was made in a laboratory, and he still gets hurt. Like, it's tough to be a running back in this league and take that kind of a workload on if you don't have somebody reliable that can come in and spell you every once in a while. And I think that's one of the more underrated needs that people. Are kind of neglecting. They're kind of neglecting it. Yeah. They're not really bringing it up as much because I think Najee's so great that when you say, "Oh, Steelers could need another running back," people who think they're smarter than you are like, "They need another running back." Do you even watch football? Najee Harris was the best last year. It's like, dude, you need another. I think Trey Essex on Twitter actually brought up need to look at a backup veteran running back. Like it's a sure. big time need for the Steelers. However, we did go over when we were doing a free agency episode. Before the tampering period began, there really weren't that many great options. And now, true, the, the best option that was out there, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, he's back in Tampa. The whole for, band's back for the together. long for the long term, right? I think it was a three, a three year, year deal. deal. Yeah, he's back. Godwin's back. Uh, yeah, we don't need to. Jensen into, decided to go. We don't back have to, to go into depth about how good the, the band's Bucks, back together, baby. We don't have to go into depth about how the Bucks are going to be. So wide receiver spot, moving on. The three wide receivers that are going to see the field. Uh, Deontay and Chase are obvious, you know. For like, sure. That's not even a question right now. Does Gunner get the nod to be that number three wide receiver, or is it Anthony Miller? Because you can't put James Washington there just yet since he's not officially on the roster. I don't know. I think it might be Gunnar Olszewski if it stands right now. See, that's this, this is this is the first time we've gotten to a spot where it's like, oh boy, I don't maybe know. need to fill in yeah. that hole a little bit better. Well, you I got think... Deontay and Chase easy, but then you see that third wide receiver on the field a lot in today's NFL. And if it's either Anthony Miller or Gunnar Olszewski, it's not good enough. But I've... if it's James Washington, it probably is. I'd good be happy enough, with right? it. So bring him back in. I think that's 
you lose Ray Ray and you lose Juju. I know James voiced his opinion early in the offseason last year saying he wanted out of Pittsburgh because he was pushed down the depth chart. Maybe try to rework out a deal with him and tell him, hey, last year we were expecting you to make this move up the depth chart, but Juju decided to come back, and then we decided to use Ray Ray. Those guys are both gone now. One's in San Francisco, one's in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. By default almost now, James, you are going to enter camp as the number three and even if we draft a rookie, which we probably will, he's going to have to beat you out for it. Mm-hmm. So I think you might be able to smooth over some bumpy roads with James Washington despite him wanting a trade as early as last year. And I think it's someone that you need to bring back now because of you losing Ray Ray and Juju. Because Juju was expected, but I think people thought Ray Ray might come back. Like I think that people were kind of like, well, no one's going to really want him. And then boom, two-year deal from the Niners. So... I think you kind of have to bring in James Washington, even if you're going into the draft getting a receiver, just to have three guys that are familiar with your, you know, system, kind of familiar with the offense. I know. I know. Gunner Ray Ray was kind of this hybrid between wide receiver, running back, and he was used more as the wide receiver. But I think if you retain James Washington, you go out and you get a guy in the draft. There's four. And you upgraded your punt and kick returner with Gunnar Olszewski. And he's, then you, he's use, better than you Ray can Ray. use Gunnar because we saw that Matt Canada liked to incorporate a guy like Ray Ray into the offense. You can use Gunnar as your return guy as Ray Ray was used. But Absolutely. You can also use him as a fifth option at wide receiver. And I think those are five pretty solid pieces. Deontay, Chase, James, draft pick, Gunner. Yeah, I think those are I like five that. pretty solid wide receivers. Because Gunner, it's it's that wild card. You don't really know what's going to happen when he's on the field kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. And he could turn into a great player. Not great player. That's getting too far. From a great whiskey. piece. Decent playmaker. But a good piece for this offense. Someone that can take an end around for 15 yards every once in a while. Make, make a guy miss in the open field. Yeah, I think he does that better. Than Ray, than Ray Ray. Yeah, he's a better punt returner than sure. he is, So Well, I, I mean, even special teams or on the offensive side of the ball, he's more capable. Tight end, Pat Fryermuth, obviously the starter. Gentry's the guy who would be number two, and Raiders number three. There's no real—not only is there no real question as March 24th, there won't be question unless one of them gets hurt heading into training camp. And like even if one solid. of them gets hurt? The other one will just slide up. I right. Mean, hopefully Fryermuth doesn't get hurt. Right. I think of Gentry those... and Raider are more interchangeable than those two— Trying to replace Fireman sure. for obvious reasons. Uh, fullback is Derek but do you, Watt. Do you They'll see... never use Derek no. Watt, but he's listed as a starter. Sorry, so. to get back to the tight ends, if Fryermuth goes down, is there a, a possibility that the Steelers bring in a guy that they would rather be a starter over Raider and Gentry? Depends. If Fryermuth's down for two or three weeks, they'll just ride it out well, with Well, no, of course. No, I meant long term. Yeah, they have to bring in someone else. You don't think it could work with Gentry and Raider being... Uh, a pair they might of be the top two, but I just think you need three, so you would definitely go out. And okay, grab but you else. would get someone, or maybe you put co- Derek Watt at tight end. That's not kidding. I'm not kidding. That no, happens. You can put a fullback there. It's been done before. Now the offensive line is where it gets there's going to be some pieces moving around. Dan Moore, I think, is pretty solid at the left, left. tackle spot. Yeah, left guard right now. I'd put Dotson in. Right. I'd put Mason Cole as the starting center. Just more so, experienced than Kendrick Green and has shown that he has the ability to actually snap the ball. I know that sounds mean, but it's true. Like so he, you're he really saying, struggled with the fundamentals, right. Kendrick Green. I mean, we year. saw a lot of far more high snaps than you would have ever liked to see in a, in a single season. So I'm guess, guessing that means you're going to put Kendrick 
at the right guard position. No. No? James Daniels. You're going to put James Daniels over. Yeah, I wow. think Mason Cole is the spot where Green slides in. I think Daniels is pretty solid at right guard right now. So, so we're, we are benching Kendrick Green. He's on my bench as it stands right now. And then Ryan Chukes. Chukes would be my right yeah. tackle, yeah. Interesting. But I think Kendrick Green's change. spot in the lineup is at center because I think Daniels is a solid right guard who has experience playing right guard in front of Trubisky. And I think left guard, you just like Kevin Dotson too much. So here's my question. Do you think it's possible or even likely that Kendrick Green doesn't start a game this year? Not possible because he's the first man off the bench when someone gets hurt. And someone always gets hurt. So he will start eventually. Okay, so maybe a a better question. In a vacuum where everybody's perfectly healthy, yeah, there's a possibility he doesn't start a game. It's where he starts no more than four games. Yes, there is, just due to injury. But, again, he could beat out Mason Cole, and he could be the starting center. Well, no, I, I just said. So there, you you could see it where he starts less than a quarter of the games this year. I could see if that they, If those guys stay if healthy. If those guys stay healthy-ish and he loses the position battle in camp. So say that's the case. James Daniels wins the right guard. Mason Cole wins the center. And then you're going into 2023 saying, well, these guys did it for me last year. I'm going to go ahead with him next year, what do you do with Kendra Green? That's a really good question. You yeah, you, you keep him, I think. Well, of course you keep him because he'd still be on his rookie well, deal. Well, yeah, but in you terms can never of, have too many good offensive In terms linemen. of re-signing him. Yeah, I mean, that you don't know. I, I, It's a tough decision that you'd have to end up making, but if he's not good enough to get on the field over that group of people in front of him, it's not like you brought in the all-world offensive line that he's stuck behind. Like, is thinking about re-signing a player like that who can't, I don't know. We're getting way too far ahead of Mason ourselves. Cole turns 26 and tomorrow. So oh, happy birthday, Mason Happy Cole. birthday. And then James Daniels will turn 25 in September. Yeah, they're all young. Like, he could be stuck behind these guys for his entire time in Pittsburgh right. until he leaves in free It's agency. not like a Trey Turner thing like last year where you could bring him in and maybe get some two more years. You could squeeze that final juice out of him. These guys could be here for the long run. Now, the backbone of the Steelers team, the strong suit, the defense, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to play this game like this. Up front, your starters are two at Alu-Alu and Hayward. That's every, how we're going to go about every it? Every beat writer I see, nationally, locally, when they do mock lineups, when they do mock depth charts for the Steelers, two, it's always there. It just seems to be some tr- one-track mind of if you write it enough, if you say it enough— if you it'll believe be it enough, it'll, it'll manifest it'll itself. Happen. Sure. I feel like that's what we're doing. So I'm going to jump on that bandwagon, and I'm going to say jump two on that moving train. Two, it comes back. He starts at left end, right end Cam Hayward, right in the middle on the defensive tackle is Tyson, Tyson Alu-Alu. And like we thought it could be last year when we were hoping that two, it would rehab and get back three, four, five weeks into the season. Of course, that never happened. You could see the greatest defensive line in the NFL. If all three of those guys stay healthy, when they are and healthy, two, it returns to his form. Like before, in 2020, when all three were healthy, before Stephon Tua went down, he was the defensive player of the year in the NFL. So that was 2019. Yeah, he was, the and then he came back in 2020. He was the depoy in 2019 before he got hurt. Sure, he was just unblockable. He was, he was Aaron Donald esque coming from that end. Like you would see big number 91 just in the backfield before. Anyone even knew what was happening on the offensive I have a really good question. Just really fun. Which which would you go with? 
Stefan Tuin in twenty nineteen or Cam Hayward in twenty twenty one? Who do you think had the better season? I think Tuit in twenty nineteen was just a force oh, of man. of nature. That's how good. He, that's he really how not, good he was. He could not be blocked for those first couple games before he got hurt. If he stays healthy, even if he doesn't stay healthy for the entire season, say he say he goes down week twelve rather than what week six, I think he's deserving of first team All Pro, even if he doesn't finish out yeah, the year. Yeah, hundred percent. Either way, though, those three guys being healthier will help the run defense tremendously. But there's also more depth there now with Chris Wormley still there. They re-signed Montrevious Adams. Mm. Isaiah Loudermilk's got another year under his belt. You still have Carlos Carlos Davis. I mean, all these guys saw time last year. and now they're Because far- of Tyson and, and Steph. Right, and now they're as far down as 3-4 on the depth chart. So at least Rather than 2-3. Yeah. At least you've got some good bodies up front, although to it. One of them might need to slide up for to it again. That's still kind of up in the air. But like we said, we're jumping on that moving train of believing that Steph to it is going to be back. Your linebackers outside T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, mwah. mainly for just T.J. Watt <laughs> yeah, right. for that. But I mean, he's the NFL all-time leading. The, I'd like leader. I'd like to see Highsmith take another step forward this year. I would too. You're playing next to. We always do the Batman-Robin analogy. He legitimately might be playing next to Batman. Like, do we know that he's not fighting crime at night I've never. I don't, know like, if, I don't know if anyone's ever seen T.J. Watt and Batman in the same I, room. Like, I don't know if, is the cape and cow being donned in <laughs> Pittsburgh or Wisconsin and, and he's going out and fighting crime in the offseason? I don't know, but I certainly think he could do it successfully. But yeah, you've got this all-world, future Hall of Fame, NFL sack king talent opposite of you. You're not going to get much attention this year, buddy. No. Especially this if is Hayward the, this and Tewitt are healthy up front, right. too. If every if the if the if at least two defensive linemen out of the three starters we'd like to see are there, and TJ is coming off of the single greatest sack season in NFL history, tied for it at least. Mm, whatever. You're gonna you're gonna be fourth, fifth on the offense's priority list of who to look out for. He he broke that record. If it wasn't for a Ravens scorekeeper right. calling that a what was he? What is it? A, a, a aborted, aborted play. play. Yeah. Get out of here, Baltimore. Right. Seriously, M&T Bank scoreboard operator should be fired. Inside linebacker Devin Bush with Miles Jack. Next so to him not now. a chef's kiss as emphatic as you gave it to the outside linebackers. I like but Miles still, Jack. Though. I, I'm a, I'm a lot higher on this duo than even though we were very high on the duo of Schobert and Bush and the 2021 offseason. Miles Jack is different. I mean, Schobert was shipped out of Jacksonville mm-hmm. but because he couldn't get on the field because of guys like Miles Jack were so much better than him. And now you have that now guy. You have that guy. Like, now you got the better version of who Jacksonville had playing inside linebacker. He's still young. He's fast, man. He's he's so versatile. He played all over the field in college. He is good in coverage. He has a pretty good tackle percentage. I mean, this is a big upgrade for the Steelers. Probably mm. the biggest upgrade they've made in the offseason free agency window. From Schobert to Miles Jack. Yes. Yeah. I think you could make the argument maybe offensive line just bolstering it. Maybe Levi Cole, Wallace. Uh, may, no, see, I don't think Cole, I don't think Daniels, and I don't think Wallace are as level of a player as Miles Jack is. I know the money didn't make it, it seem like this, but no, this is I get a name. It. Like this, oh, is a, absolutely. this is a bigger name. No, I get sign. it. I get it. And I know Bobby Wagner ha- has some teams sniffing around. I think I saw the LA Rams were actually sniffing around Bobby Wagner That makes Wagner a lot of a sense bit. for the Rams. 
don't be surprised if Wagner gets the most money, but Miles but Jack, Jack has the, the better, better linebacker yep. just because he's younger than he is now, and Wagner is getting older. I know he had 170 some combined tackles last year, but and it's wild. He still made the second team All Pro, <laughs> right? But like, I still think Miles Jack has some playmaking left in the tank and some that he hasn't realized yet. And maybe this takes some pressure off of Devin Bush and he can be free to capture some of that rookie year magic that he had. And then if you get Devin Bush playing like he has in his rookie year and you get what Miles Jack has been in Jacksonville for the past couple of seasons, that's a pretty formidable inside linebacker Mm -hmm. duo and one of the faster inside linebacker duos in the NFL when it's all about speed. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And (laughs) If it, it does feel good, but I got I gotta see it work. You know what I mean? After after last year with the with the failed experiment of Schobert and Bush together, you got you can't blame me for being a little hesitant to say I'm can't blame I'm, you at all. I'm all in on this. Can't blame you at all. Depth wise there, you got Spillane and Allen. Uh UG three's back as well. But happy to have Spillane as a depth piece. I bet they bring somebody else in too. Either late in the draft or sure. another free agent signer. Maybe they get Schobert back on the cheap. After they cut it, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, there certainly won't be a big market out for him after his 2021 year. Now, the secondary is where things I think get a little holy on the defensive side of the ball. I think your best corner right now is Levi Wallace, and I think clearly your number one Safety. secondary player, whatever you is want to Minka. call it, is Minka. He's the clear cut starter in that group of four. Yeah. Is Minka? Of anyone who has who's vying for a starting job, Minka's, Minka's got, got it. it. Now. I'd give Levi the start at one corner. I'd give Witherspoon the start at the other corner. And put Cam in as the slot. Cam Sutton in as the slot. I just, I'm I'm okay with that because the progression that we saw or the growth that we saw from Witherspoon down the stretch of the season and knowing how good Cam can be at the slot for you, why would you try to mix that up? I think Cam Sutton is okay on the outside. I think his role in the NFL is sure. in that slot position, and I think you took him out of that role last year, and he did okay, but I think you can get a lot more from him yeah, in the slot. you kind of shot yourself and Cam in the foot by taking him out of that role. So what do you do with the strong safety now? Well, it depends. Is Terrell Edmonds there? No, as it stands right now with the game coming right. up in okay, a couple well, hours tonight, Right, the game is tonight. We're playing at, the Steelers are playing, who won the Super Bowl? Um, oh, is it the Super Bowl tonight? No, I, oh, because the, Rams, the home team. The Rams. So it's Steelers, Steelers at Rams, Rams yeah. even though that's not the game. It uh, is in our world. Do you go? So you're saying it's going to be between Killerbrew and Norwood? It's got to be Killerbrew. I, I think. think so. Norwood's more of a free safety. I'm, I'm, a, but I'm okay with. Yeah, it's, that's true. But like ESPN has him listed behind Minka right that's now. That's true, but you could still put him there, opposite of Minka. Did we find the biggest hole left in the Pittsburgh Steelers roster? That free safety position? Strong or the strong safety. safety? I think so. I don't know why they won't bring back Edmonds. They really don't like him, right? Like, It's kind of like the Matthew thing. He can't Kansas be too City. expensive. He can't be too expensive. But like, why wouldn't you at this point? I know. If you're not going to pursue Matthew, get the much cheaper option and it's in not, Edmonds. But it's not even like you're just bringing back a veteran to fill a hole that you need to fill out the roster. Like, he still has so much potential. He's only, like, 25 years right. old. Right, he's younger than Matthew. He doesn't, like, screw up the whole Maybe. we're getting a lot of younger players vibe. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't he mess fits, that up. He fits the whole trying Every to Every single younger. signing they've had this year has been under, like, 27 years old. And he doesn't screw that up at all. 
where I think Matthew might. Matthew gets a little closer to 28, 29 years old. Uh, Matthew is currently 29, will be turning 30 in May. See, like that doesn't fit the M.O. of what the Steelers have been doing this year. Terrell Edmonds does fit that M.O. Right. So Terrell, I, Ed, Terrell Edmonds 25. Uh, turned 25 in January. Right, he's young because he came out young in college as well. Like, right. There's a lot of experience under that 25-year-old's belt, just like there's a lot of experience under a 26-year-old Miles Jack sure. belt. Like, there's and a not lot... to say that Matthew can't bring experience, but Terrell Edmonds has started every single game except for one. I think there was one game he missed. This year. And that's it. And it came in his fourth year. So I don't know why they aren't signing him. It's weird. He mm-hmm. seems like the obvious slot to just— and, and not only that, you just get to keep growing the Minka and Edmonds chemistry together. I think they have the chemistry already. I think Minka would want him back if you asked him candidly. I don't know if that would mean anything, though. Well, no, if you asked him candidly, he might say he want the Honey Badger, too. That's possible. Uh, big position battle for kicker between Sam Sloman and Chris yeah, Boswell. Right. Now, Boswell's the best. Uh, any nerves about Presley Harvin at all this year? Just give him one more year, right? And well, he went through a lot last well, year. Well, who was the guy that they brought in at the end? Uh, Corliss Waitman. So, Waitman actually did really well, but they went with Harvin to finish out the year. I kind of prefer Waitman. Harvin did good though in the last couple games. Like people kind of got. Yeah. I think. The, I think they were too. And, and he went through a lot. I mean, he. That's true, but yeah. that wasn't until the end of the year. I mean, there was there was a time when he wasn't going through anything at the beginning, and he was struggling. And then, Olszewski's your punt and kick returner. That's uh, just Gunner. Easy. Yeah, yeah, Gunner Olszewski. Sure. That's why you brought him in mainly. Right. Because you were losing Ray Ray, and you needed someone to fill in his shoes. That'll do it for this edition of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you listening to us. We will talk to you next time when we talk about the Tyreek Hill blockbuster trade and where that resets the AFC that is constantly changing in this 2022 NFL offseason. For Jacob Recht, I'm Tom Offerman. We'll talk to you guys next time.